Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grace, Peace, and Balance podcast by Gabi Abdelgadir. This is episode 112, and today I have a great uh, guest for you. His name is Jesse Cruz, and the topic will be the power of your story. Jesse Cruz is a professional speaker, storytelling, and personal development coach, best-selling author, veteran, and youth advocate. He is the founder and CEO Merge Worldwide. Jesse inspires others to overcome their challenges and achieve their goals. He speaks and coaches at events all over the world. His passion is to empower people to share their story, to heal from loss and grow into their goals. Jesse motivates people to achieve their true potential through his coaching programs and he empowers his clients to overcome adversity and develop success in their personal and professional life. He is the author of Live Your Dash, a book written to guide people to freedom by discovering their purpose. His latest book, Losing Faith, Finding Hope, is a guide to inspire hope and overcome loss through healing. Jesse's passion and ability to connect with his audience is unmatched and have made and has and have made him a highly sought out speaker for top organizations, including the Ronald McDonald House. He was honored with the number one dad award from his daughters. Oh, that is so sweet. He and his wife, Desiree, believe in spreading hope by helping other people every day. He is a man of faith and a pleasure to work with. If you are an event planner looking for an inspiring, highly motivated and passionate speaker, for your next event, then Jesse Cruz is the speaker for you. Amazing. Welcome to my podcast, Jesse. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Okay, talk to me. So how was, what was Jesse like growing up? I was a kid who was insecure. I didn't really understand, you know, my place in life, you know, growing up as the youngest child with three other siblings, I always felt like maybe I was you know, as a, as the youngest child, you get this youngest child complex, like, you know, I'm not uh, cool enough or old enough to be able to do what they're all doing. So you have this feeling of always being left out, even if you're not. Yeah. Right. And so I had that feeling going on. And then, you know, things that I like to do at that time growing up is I like to play basketball. I like to play video games and spend time with my friends. You know, that was yeah. what I did to help pass the time and, and find some enjoyment out of life. Was, it, was there a big difference between you and your siblings? 10 years, eight years, and five years. Okay, probably that's why, yeah. Normally, like the little the little one is the one that normally gets spoiled. Was that anything for you with your parents? Were they spoiling you as being the, the, the youngest one? I would say I definitely had more than the rest. What still wasn't a lot, but mm-hmm. I would say we were very, very poor when my oldest siblings are growing up and when I was growing up, we were kind of just starting to leave the poverty a little bit behind. Okay. Oh, so are they, are you in touch with your siblings? Are you in the same city right now? No, we are indifferent. I have one brother who's nearby and then a sister in Florida and a brother in North Carolina. Okay. And your parents are close by or no? They're in Virginia. In Virginia. Yeah. So, and you have children now. I just uh, read that you you got a uh, best dad award. <laughs> that is so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, 
amazing kids for sure. I know. How many do you have? I saw two girls in one of the pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how I explain it is, you know, I have years ago, my wife and I, we prayed for a child. And after years of trying, uh, we became discouraged. And then eventually we were blessed with a little baby girl. Okay. And she was four months early. So very premature. She was only one pound. Oh my God. Could fit in the palm of my hand. In 42 days of her fighting for her life, she passed away. Oh my God. So sorry. Yeah. Thank you. It's, It's because of my faith and it's because of my daughter that I've been able to do the things that we've been able to do. I tell people all the time, if this little one pound girl can cause this ripple of impact, you know, just imagine what you as a full grown adult can do. Absolutely. So I have two princesses and one angel. Oh, that is so cool. Are they, they're older now, right? How old are they? They're teens? Yeah, 15 and 13. 15 and 13. Okay, that's a beautiful age. Yeah, and they gave you an award. So you must be really an incredible dad. And so is Desiree, I'm sure, your wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's off. I know. So when did you start um, this coaching? How did you get into coaching? And after finishing school, who inspired you? I would love to, to hear all that. Yeah, I mean, I can remember a specific time sitting at my dining room table knowing that I needed a coach. Uh, I was writing my second book, but I wanted to take it to the next level and I needed to get my story out. And I sat at the table and I cried to my wife because I knew I needed this coaching, but we didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. Like we just didn't have it. And, but I was like, you know, if you could support me on this, I'll figure it out. Like we will figure this out together to find a way to afford this. And she said, let's do it. You know, and I was so thankful for that because it gave me the freedom to know that she believed in me and my dreams as much as I did. And we found a way to wake up. We made it work. We found it a way. And, you know, we spent money we didn't have at the time, uh, but it was an investment. I think it was a test of my faith to see God gave me a really big dream. And he was testing me to see, am I really going to stick by even when times are hard, even when it looks like you don't have any money? And it all worked out, you know what I mean? And I made that investment change my life. Yeah. So which one of the leaders inspired you the most? Which one of the what? The leaders. Like for me, it was the first was Bob Proctor for me. And I'm inspired by John Maxwell and quite a lot of them, like a good handful. Yeah. I mean, there's so many uh, famous leaders I look up to, Um, you know, definitely, uh, I, I listen to Tony Robbins regularly, um, Ed Milet, Grant Cardone. Those are people that I listen to regularly that really inspire me. Yeah, I just, I'm in a group with uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. So I really could listen to this man and even Dean like all day long and never get tired. So yeah, so that's that. So you started writing your book. What was it about? The first one was Live Your Dash. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so the dash represents the thing you would see on a tombstone. The date you're born is on the left, the date you pass away on the right, and then there's this little dash in the middle. And it's what you do with the time that you're here. And I think some people forget about how to live their life purposefully. And so Live Your Dash was the intention of these eight different areas that I learned 
through living my life that if I'm intentional about these eight different areas, I can live in a purposeful life. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Would you mind talking about those eight? Yep. So they're referred to as the eight F's to freedom. So those topics are focus, finance, fitness, fun, faith, family, friendship, forgiveness. Beautiful. The last one was the hardest for me for the longest, even now, like I struggle with forgiveness, but I'm trying my best, but beautiful. And your latest book, by the way, I have a copy of that one, but I haven't started reading it yet because like, I think I have a dozen and a half waiting for me to read right now. Um, It is called, yeah, what is the title of the book? My goodness gracious. Your latest book. What is the title? Losing, yeah, that one. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I touched on it a minute ago. You know, that was the most traumatic moment of my entire life was losing my daughter. Yeah. And that put me into a very dark place for a while. And what got me through it was writing. And, you know, and this book has been one of the greatest healing tools that I've ever created because I'm completely vulnerable and real. I share the worst moments of my entire life in complete detail because I just need other people to know that, you know, if I can do that, like if I can get through the loss of a child and it doesn't mean that I'm over it, doesn't mean that I still don't miss her. I still hurt. I still think about her a lot. Um, but I found a way to take the most traumatic moment of my entire life and everything was being destroyed. And I found a way to rebuild with what was left. Yeah. And my hope is in the he- my healing to the story is when people share their story, they heal. And it's the story that you don't tell is what the story that holds you back. And I didn't want to be held back. And I wanted to find a way to not my, I don't want to allow my pain to be wasted. And I think people waste pain and I don't want it to be wasted. And so what I did, I was like, you know what, rather than sit there and feel sorry for Jesse forever, I'm going to find a way to help other people who are hurting similar to me and to let them know that they can work through this and they have supports and they have hope through sharing their story. Absolutely beautiful. And it's so true. Like personally, like every time I read a book, there is definitely at least a half a dozen things that I come up with that hits home. You know what I mean? So it's extremely important. So how do you help other people to write their story? Do you? So I focus on, I have helped people write the story, but I focus on speaking because okay. I believe in the power of sharing your story, uh, whether it's virtually, whether that's on an actual stage. But I think when you speak it out loud, it makes it become real. Yeah. And the spoken word is so influential and so empowering that when you're able to craft your story in a way that connects with the ideal audience, it helps you heal, helps you connect, and it helps you grow. It gives you a different level of personal confidence, which prepares you for professional growth. And then on the receiving side of the people who are listening, it gives them an opportunity to see someone who was down and out feeling that they can never survive. And it, it lets them know that they can do it too. So it gives them this hope and encouragement that they can get through the worst days of their entire life mm-hmm. and then find a way to inspire the world with it. Beautiful. And you also do events. Can you talk a little bit about your events? Yep. So we just had our speaker competition in Niagara Falls back in May. Uh, We had over 
over 20 speakers, a sold out event. It was, it was amazing. Like it was amazing to see how many people who have never met before became like family in a short weekend. Oh, and so we really, and that's why my wife and I, we do this together. Our daughters, Mariah and Haley, they actually help out. So this really is a family run thing. And we'd like to make our events feel like a family because I believe relationships are the most important currency that we have. Like yes. that's true wealth to me. That's what's one of the components of wealth is relationships. And if you don't have, if you don't have, you know, wealthy relationships, you, you don't have much of anything. Absolutely. And so it's, it's so important that we invest in those relationships. And, and then the next thing we have coming up is our transformation retreat in October. In October, where is it going to be any details yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. Most, most definitely we have the venue already booked. It's actually a place we've taken our daughters for their birthdays. Uh, my birthdays, we take family trips there because it it's a beautiful top-notch destination resort. It's in a city called Portland, New York. It's right near Ithaca in Syracuse, New York. And it is in October of this year. October, what date? 7th through 9th. 7th through 9th. How can people, would you be sharing the link? If people, yeah, so for if, people who want to register? Right. So if somebody wanted to be a part of it, right? Yeah. It would literally be just connecting with me on social media. That'd be the best way to see if it's a good fit. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, we always want to make sure that we have the right people in the room. And I yeah. want to make sure that the right people for the people who want to be there. Right. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that it's the right people in the room. So if people want to be involved in what we're doing, it's literally just having a conversation and dialogue and, and see if what we can make work out. Okay. Excellent. So we'll be sharing that. Oh, that is beautiful. Any advice you would give to people who have a lot of stories inside them, but they're afraid to, to speak it, they're afraid to write it, they're afraid to share it, what would you advise them? I would let that person know that every time that you fail to share your story when you know that you should, you're robbing people that you love of a blessing of healing. And Who's not sharing your story is actually one of the most selfish things a human being can do. Now, does, that does not mean that you share your story right away. Sometimes you got you to heal before you can share the story or go through the healing process or let the storytelling begin the healing process. But by refusing to never share it, it's just a selfish thing. You know, and it took me a while to realize that, you know, it's just being selfish because the story that you experience is not even for you anyways. It's for other people to know that it's humanly possible to heal. Yeah. My God, you just gave me goosebumps, Jesse. That was beautifully said, yeah. So um, before we finish, I always ask two questions to my guests. I know you are a traveler, but I'm still going to ask you anyway. If there are three countries that you would love to visit before you die that you haven't visited, what countries would they be? I know where you have been. I have been following you. <laughs> Before I get to my answer, uh -huh. I'm going to say this. I, there were three places in my entire life, before, like before my time on earth was done, there was three places I wanted to visit. Okay. And I feel truly blessed to say I've already done those three. Can right? I know so, what they are? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. So there were three places I want to go in my, in my life. Um, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Italy. Okay. And Iceland. Okay. And beautiful. I mean, I mean, I just cannot describe the beauty of those three places. And so it's hard for me to come up with the list, but I will come up with the list. I will give yeah. you, I'll give you the next three just because um, I'd really like to go to the Maldives. Okay. 
I would like to go to Greece okay. and New Zealand. Those would New be my Zealand. three. Greece, New Zealand, and the Maldives. Okay, that's beautiful. If you had one dream that you haven't fulfilled yet, but you would love to fulfill before you die, what would it be? You said one dream? Yeah. I would say that my dream, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Give go you, ahead. I'm going to give you bonus. Okay. Give you bonus. One dream. And I'm working on it right now mm -hmm. is to have our life, my wife, my kids, my family have our own movie on Netflix oh. movie theaters screen okay. that's currently i haven't even shared this publicly but you asked yeah. it's with us uh, we actually hired a scriptwriter. it's actually in hollywood right now so it's being worked on has that hasn't been put onto the screen yet but we're working on it the dream is to be able to see it on a tv someday so that's a dream in progress okay. oh my um, God. and then Beautiful. and then ultimately you know i i would always guide it back to you know my family and my faith and it's me, my wife, my kids, that we all do what we've been called to do and be the person that God designed us to be. And to me, that is the dream, is just doing what you were made to do. I think so many times we get caught up in comparison and doing what society or our parents or our teachers and whoever tells us what we should think, how we should feel, what we should do. And my dream is overall for people in general, to find and discover their dream and then pursue it every moment they get. Yeah. No matter how many oppositions they get along the way. Right. That is beautiful. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before we finish? Yeah. I would like to say thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I, I, Feel your sincere heart and your kindness and your warmth is greatly appreciated. So thank, thank you, you so having. much. Thank you so much. And you know, I love you and I love Desiree. And I'm sure I would love the girls if I ever get to see them. Hopefully I'll get to see them next year. Um, and I'll be one of the speakers next year. Fingers crossed next summer. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it has been an honor having you here. Thank you so much and God bless. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay, until the next episode, everyone, stay blessed and wishing you grace, peace, and balance.